Hello everyone, good morning, happy Labor Day. This is our first attempt for a podcast by Ibova and Ronald Bannister. Notice how it's Ibova, you know, the nom de guerre of Erica Pokibova. So, Ron, why don't you ask me some questions that you would like to know about me since you don't know me very well? Oh, dear me. Yeah, there's a lot of deep, dark things there. But we'll skip over those. So, you were born where? I was born in a former Czechoslovakia, specifically in Bojnice, which is in, in the, right in the middle, in the heart of Slovakia. And so, it became, what, two separate states at some point? Yeah, after the Velvet Revolution. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, let's focus on your education, because that's something that's mm. quite a bit different compared to the United States. Mm. What are some of the first things that you remember? And of course, we can also talk about your informal as well as your formal education, because you told me you had a lot of fond memories of spending time with your grandfather, since you were at home quite a bit when your parents were away working. Yeah, my grandfather was my, pretty much, he raised me from the age of, I don't know, two or three and uh, pretty much until he passed away. Okay, how old was he when he passed away? Uh, I think he was uh, 74 or 72, I cannot remember. Okay, so you spent several years with him under his care? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would spend, uh, he pretty much babysitting, but I would also go to the kindergarten, but the, like whole summer or the holidays or winter or whatever other times I would spend with him. Or like most of the day, sometimes I would go there for a whole time. So, what were your parents? I, a lot of people think that people don't work in uh, communist countries. So, what did your parents do? Everybody worked. There was no <laughs> unemployment there at all. And um, my parents, my father, um, they both had a, my father had a high school education. My mother, I don't think so. She even got a high school education. But what did your father do? Uh, my father uh, was in, in pretty much, what do you call it, uh, when you have a shop for cars and he was managing that place. So, he was like a it was, foreman. Yeah, it was a much bigger shop than you see here. Okay. You know, it was like right. a company okay. that would take care of cars. And then um, mother was doing all kinds of stuff. Like uh, she worked for the furniture company for some time. Then she went to work with the father. And then uh, after the revolution, they both quit their jobs. They retired very early. My father was, I think, 50 when, or my mother was 50 when they retired and they started a business. Okay. And your father was very unique in some of the things that he did and, and the business that he went into after he, quote, retired. Right. He was always very much interested in art and antiques and anything beautiful and intricate. And uh, he would create lots of work. Like uh, He would actually make brown sculptures on his own. He was self-taught in everything. He would draw. I remember he used to draw portraits of my mother that she didn't like because <laughs> they look like she didn't think they look anything so, like her. Is that similar to when I try to draw something of you? Yeah. yeah I thought so. <clears throat> right, exactly. So something else that's interesting there is is that in you are steeped in a lot of tradition in your hometown. It has a very unusual castle that is there, I understand. Right. I was always surrounded by the just beautiful things. I mean, even, you know, you think you come, growing up in a communist country and with um, portraits so gray and cold, and everything, but I mean, the the castle was just beautiful, and they would have exhibits there. I've seen pictures of it. It's very very book like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it had many owners, and everybody was trying to put their style, what they liked, and add it to the castle. So suddenly, it became a look very surreal or fairy tale like, kind of unreal. And you visited it quite frequently, even though it cost you money. Oh to yeah, do yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I would save up the money 
food money and then just so I can go and take a walk through the castle on the weekend or like time. Usually it was a weekend, like early morning when there was nobody there. So I could pretend I live there. <laughs> what, what were the most interesting things that you saw there? Uh, I loved everything, but I loved the fact, like, I was actually, it's kind of like, I paid so much attention to tapestries. Okay. Because um, I couldn't believe someone would spend so many years creating a tapestry for one room that was all hand-painted, extremely intricate and just beautiful. You think this, were, this has some effect on the way uh, that you do your art Definitely, yeah, and okay. at least for my early uh, times when I started to paint my specific style. Right. I think it was also influenced by that. And you started training, uh, actually, in art at a very early age, but not formally. You learned some things from your grandfather. Yeah, he liked to tell stories, and I liked to listen to him, and I also liked to make up stories and tell him those. So we would tell stories to each other, and we would draw storyboards kind of stuff. Right. So storyboards, interesting. So uh, Well, that's what getting... I would... Yeah, we didn't know that those were storyboards, but that's pretty much what we were doing. Interesting. Fabulous. So you were literally steeped in art... And culture from a very early age. Oh, I just uh, like to imagine things. I spent so much time by myself, so I would always entertain myself by reading a lot and imagining a lot. Well, what I mean is, is compared to so many cities in the United States, I mean, you literally had something that was, what, six, seven hundred, eight hundred years old? You know, the castle that castle you had? The castle is from 1200, yes. Right. And your father was constantly drawing. He was constantly making things. He did yeah, sculptures. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. and so, we, yeah, absolutely. And we kind of live a little different life than everybody else around us. We were kind of, people would say we were a little more entertaining. Oh, that's a nice say way Say a nice it. way to put it. Yes. Well, and then also let's let's talk about something else that goes to show you. So your parents got very good at a, a couple of different things that allowed them to have obviously more income compared to the neighbors, and they wound up building a very um, large home on the side of a mountain as well. Well, it's not very large, but it was, uh, yeah, um, they, my father was always into design, and actually he came through a, he pretty much redesigned the house or the, created his own plans, and then we were building, I remember they were using dynamite to blow the rags that the house is built on, and we were always making fun that we are building our castle. Exactly, I get it. And it wound up being like a three-story home, didn't it? Yeah. That's quite amazing during that period of time. But and this was all during the communist era, wasn't it? Most of it, the last, uh, like the last uh, elevation was actually, or what do you call it? No elevation. Story? Story was added like after the revolution. Yeah, okay, so it got started and finished. Right. And you had a tremendous view of the city down below, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, it was kind of secluded, especially when I was growing up. There were no people around, just few. And then um, uh, the view from there was absolutely amazing. Also, just having a look at the sky at night was absolutely astounding. And so the, the town that you lived in actually was a spa and resort, even during the communist right, era. Right, a very touristy place. Yeah, even during communist era, people would go there and visit the place for tourism. There were lots of cottages around in the woods where we lived uh, later on, added, which was like from different companies, and they would go there and they would... A retreat, in other retreat, words. Retreat, so. uh -huh. Exactly. So when you uh, were going to school, you had a couple of interesting things happen to you. I know that you decided to do something artistic, actually more creative probably would be a way of putting it, when you started playing classical guitar. 
Yeah, I was fascinated by the fact that people, I, I, I absolutely, actually, that's pretty much what was what inspired this whole thing was, I loved, one thing they would, they would show on the TV, in the communist countries, the where, two channels that you um, have, the two channels, and one of them was only like for two hours up, uh, they, so that on that one channel that we had, they would like on a Saturday or Sunday, like Sunday, would show like movie that was biography about someone that accomplished something, and I absolutely loved that, and I loved to read biographies, and I was very inspired by people who were doing something different than everybody else and excel excelling in it. So then I, at the time I wanted to do everything. I studied the, uh, um, like I thought I was going to be a doctor and I thought I was going to be a Ramoni Cajal and I thought I was going to be a Paganini. I thought I was going to be a famous sculptor or something or like climb the mountains. Right. So I thought I was going to do it all. But then later in the life I decided, figured out that you can do only so much. I understand that. But what did you start off that was very different from everyone else? Oh, everyone else? I don't think so. There were, there were people, the kids going to a musical school, right? Okay. So. Uh, but what did you do that was unique? Oh, I just went there by myself. I didn't ask my parents. I just went. I told them I want to play piano first. And then I found out that I couldn't play piano because they were already, I was late to the exam or like auditions. And they already filled the places, and I really wanted to start playing something at a time. So I started to play guitar, and I was thinking I was going to be playing piano, but my parents said it was too expensive and too loud. <laughs> well, that would be one. So, so I ended up playing uh, guitar, which I then I th was thinking that I was going to actually become a professional musician. And I. And you advanced very quickly playing the guitar. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as soon as I learned a few notes, or I, started, I figured out how to read the music, like after a few lessons, then I went and I pretty much played the whole music book, or whatever you call it here. Right, and then that led to one thing, and then like your parents another. started, your, your father started driving you to other... Yeah, that was, I mean, my parents wouldn't actually even come to my concerts or anything. I would go for competitions, they had no idea I was going competition, I would just bring a trophy. They look at it, they said, that looks nice, it was nice and shiny. Some nice crystal. So here's one of the, <laughs> the differences of, about what has happened now and what's different about the United States. So normally there'd be a lot of slots for people to advance with what they were doing. For you to go to the next level, to go to the art school where you would learn music as well as other things, there was only one slot available. Right, that, that, because everything was planned in a communism. So all of those spots were uh, like planned, you had only a limited number and then the best of the best could possibly or, and plus you need to have uh, someone in your family to join communist country. And no one, you mean Ca communist party. Mm -hmm. Right, and no one in your family. In fact, y'all were actually spied on, weren't you? Uh, yeah, we didn't ever join, and actually, yeah, after the valid revolution, we found out that many of our friends were actually part of the secret, uh, I'm not sure, it was not really KGB, but like secret network, kind of thing, network. But the, everybody yeah. was spying on everybody, except they never asked us to spy on anyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's because you were too far out there, I guess. So, you did not manage to go to the music school, be, uh, excuse me, the art school, where you would have learned the, the other music and other things, because of what? Oh, uh, well, I actually had everything built up, everything, all of the requirements, I won several national competitions, I was always participating in everything I needed to participate to collect my points or whatever. I went for a uh, test and everything, like for the exam, like audition for the school, and then I find out I passed everything, And but then they told me that there was some guy, which I saw there, and I was surprised to see him because I never saw him anywhere. 
and they said that they're going to take him, they, he's going to take that one spot, and I can go and I can play cello for one year, and then be like legal, uh, officially in a guitar class. So tell me, uh, what did you decide to do? How old were you then? Well, I missed to say that actually that guy was the nephew of the director of the musical school. So and in and, the Communist Party. In the Communist Party, so that was it. So that was the, the real bottom line in all mm -hmm. this. So, and how old were you? Oh, I was 14 years old. At 14 time. years old. Mm -hmm. And you decided to not do this. Yeah, because I, my feelings were very hurt. Like, I thought that was like such a betrayal, and I thought that was extremely unfair, and I didn't want to be part of it. Do you regret making that decision? No, I don't regret it at all. Mm -mm. Because I probably wouldn't be here, and I wouldn't be painting. Ah, okay. So what would have been the path for an artist in communist Czechoslovakia? Uh, I don't know, really, because things change after the revolution, but I think the normal path was you join some kind of symphony or orchestra, and then you teach, and... You get but some gigs. I mean, they should have a plan and job for you, and you had a guaranteed paycheck and during communism. Is, and this is something that is different about communism. Everything was planned, mm -hmm. and there were some, some advantages to a communist country. What are the ones that you've told me before that you found so Well, I'm not positive. sure how advantages, but I know that everybody had a roof above their head. Even those uh, complexes were not really large. It, sometimes you had four or five people in a two room, not bedroom, two-room apartment, and the, um, everybody had the healthcare, or at least the healthcare was free, so they would do within the means to try to take care of you, and you wouldn't see any homeless people around. And it's not like I'm protagonist of communism, I'm just saying these are the things that I, obviously, I left from there because that there were so many negative things, and I felt like I could never really do what I want to do with my life, and I was pretty much limited by all kinds of things, including all kinds of preconceived ideas about how people at a certain age supposed to behave, what they're supposed to do, and I didn't want to take that path. You went to university, and in fact, you and uh, you were the first in your family to go to university. Um, well, in my family, like an immediate family. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, that would, that's true, yeah, but I didn't go study what I really would, actually, I didn't know what I wanted to study. Okay. Well, so that's I not unusual. Mm -hmm. But was it during that first year? Yeah, during the first year where I was there, I actually went to study in Czech Republic. I went to study economy, which... Um, not economics, but economy. Economy. And the um, the first year the Velvet Revolution started, and we took as a, like a college, like students at the college level would take a big part in that. And uh, you it actually... It started in the Czech Republic. At the time I was like... Literally smuggling news, like in a hard print, not over the internet. At the time, there was not such a uh, wide option, and uh, bringing home to parents and discussing things. So we all got very involved in that for the first year, and then things changed quite a bit after that. And also, what you decided to study changed, because then it became what? <laughs> yeah, suddenly we were not studying Marxism, Leninism, and... But we were studying free market, and things started to make sense for me. Like, I felt like I didn't have to learn all kinds of strange formulas that I didn't know what they really meant. I, just, I was not getting it. I didn't feel like it was very rational. But then, after the, we started to actually study the free market and everything, competition, marketing, and all that stuff, I find the sense in it. 
So this is when you decided to continue on, and actually you have two degrees from the university in Czechoslovakia, both one in the economics and then one in marketing. That was a master's degree in marketing, wasn't it? Right. After the revolution, the system changed, so you had three-year degree for a bachelor's, and then you would, could do extra two years to get your master's. And what was it that attracted you to marketing? Oh, it was creative. I suddenly felt like, okay, now you can start doing stuff. You can kind of start coming out with ideas, and suddenly I had much more interest, so the whole thing became much more interesting for me. In fact, I got two jobs at the same time. Uh, who were those with? One was one Nestle? One was with, uh, with Nestle. The other one was with the... Actually, I had three at one point. I worked for a bank. I had the Nestle job, and I also worked for an independent marketing advertising company. Oh, a little bit of an overachiever there, huh? Well, yeah, but that pretty much <laughs> led me to complete exhaustion, and uh, yeah, I was doing too much at the time. And that happens to a lot of people. Well, we're going to close that first segment of yeah. the chapter of your career and we're in life. We're going to move along <sighs> on the next several and talk about you coming to America. Sounds like yes. a movie, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. But that's not what we're going to do. And then the, the, the last segment is going to cover your transition and becoming an artist. Thank you very much, my dear. We'll continue oh, on with this Oh, thank you. Lab. Lovely to have you here with me. Ah, yes, I should <laughs> hope so. Bye-bye.